Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. So I'm here today with Bradley Dammerman of Idaho Whitetail Guides. If you're not familiar with Bradley, you wonder what in the world I'm talking to a whitetail guide for, because, you know, we talk hounds on this podcast. <laughs> but you do a little more than, white, than whitetail hunt, right? Yes, I sure do. I've uh, a foundation of my hunting career is definitely hounds. That's what I started doing as a young kid. My grandpa and dad and was around it a lot, and that's really where I got my foundation of my hunting career. Okay. Now, whereabouts in Idaho are you? Um, I'm in the northern part, the panhandle part of Idaho. Okay. Pretty close to Canada? Um, probably three, and a, three hours, three and a half hours from the border. Okay. See, for me, I've never been out there, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm using that as a reference point here. Right. <laughs> so you said you've been around hounds all, all your life then? Yep. So when did you actually start going along? So I think the first hunt... I, well, the first hunt I really probably couldn't remember because dad had me out there on a backpack, <laughs> you know. You know, by about eight, nine years old, I can remember hunting quite a bit, you know, every weekend and stuff. So, young. So, you grew up, really did grow up, you know, in the, in the middle of it. Yep. That's awesome. So, what kind of hounds do you run? So, um, I'm glad my grandpa's gone and can't hear this, but I've, <laughs> I had uh, plots for most of my career of hound hunting and my grandpa had his own uh line of dogs uh that he hunted with that i kept for quite a few years and i actually still have a few of them um and they're bear path plots so i hunted with them all the way up to about six or seven years ago i um hunted with one of my guides that worked for me had these mathis hounds and i so i hunted around them and i really liked them and ended up getting a few of them and i have a you know five or six of them tied out there and they're good they're bred for their they're kind of known for their cold nose you know they're bred for lion hunting but Mm -hmm. we use them for bear dogs they work real well for bear dogs and i'm really liking them but i'm always going to have some plots tied out there that's for sure so you said your grandfather had bear path dogs like bear path gunner yep bear path gunner i got lots of pictures of that dog in my house i would imagine so he's pretty pretty famous plot hound yep yeah that was my grandpa and you let that get away from you huh well, no, I still have I, mean, I still have two two of them at the house, and I am going to make a cross before I lose it. Yep. Okay, but I did, to be honest, I I did uh, breed a lot of it out of it, and mixed it up a little more than I should have. Never kept gotcha. it as tight as I should have, and okay. that just kind of through the years it just happened, you know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the two I got, I got this female I call Emerald, and she's the one I'm going to breed. She's a four year old dog, and she's. She's as good as they come. She's got a cold nose, strikes, runs hard, just like the old plots I remember growing up with. So. Good deal. So I haven't let it completely get away, <laughs> but she's getting scarce. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. With, with anything, unless you really stay on top of something and do a lot of line breeding and breeding, mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to let some of that old blood kind of die away. Yeah. I mean, that's for any line of dogs. That's right. Yeah. But you said you started running Mathis hounds. I mean, once again, something that also is pretty much old and hard to find and yep. dying out. So what do they tend to look like? What do they hunt like? You know, that, that's not something most people hear about every day. So Yeah. So what caught my eye, well, there was a couple of things that caught my eye uh, of hunting with Travis, uh, Travis Latier, which is a guide of mine. 
and he's the one that had the dogs and and uh i noticed they had really good guts on the bear you know which so do my plots but i mean they were they were bearing band bear about as good as i've ever seen a pack of dogs bay a bear you know and nice. that was probably and we get some pretty rank bear you know they're they're hunted so you got to have some guts you know or you're gonna have a bunch of bear whip dogs yeah and so that's what caught my eye on them even though they were bred to lion hunt i was like mm, these things make bear dogs too you know and then travis if you know travis he bobcat hunts a lot okay i mean he guides lion hunts with me and stuff but he really really um hits the bobcats hard and so i was i was around uh, around them dogs trailing them old frozen mm-hmm cold bobcat tracks and that really caught my attention you know i had you here last week i was trying to bobcat up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah try is the key word here yeah but uh so the cold nose and and like i said i grew up with some cold the bear path were cold nose dogs mm-hmm. and um but that and the and the guts on the bears what caught my attention okay. that's what Really, and like I said, my grandpa would be rolling over in his grave, I think, if he knew that I had <laughs> anything but plots. But <laughs> now, how did your grandfather get into plots? Um, he, did, he got into it. He actually started out with walkers, I know. Um, but I think he started, he was in the military, and he started late. He was like 40 years old or something when he actually got into them. But he started out with walkers, and then I'm not exactly sure exactly what switched him on to plots. I think that Steve Hurd. Okay. Have you heard of him? Yeah. Um, somehow he got hooked up with him, and that's where he ended up getting Bear Path Gunner. Okay. And then there was another female that came with that cross. It was, I forget her name, but she was a really good bear dog, but she got mm-hmm. killed by a bear young. I can't remember gotcha. her name. But anyways, so, well, he ended up with Bear Path Gunner, and I, I, I still hunt with guys that hunt with Bear Path Gunner. He, they really brag him that's up. That's awesome. That dog up. Um, Mike Rinklock. He's another name that he ended up buying Bear Path Gunner when Gunner was 10. But uh, anyways, uh, that's what I think Steve hurt when he got Gunner and, and he liked him so much. That's what really got him hooked on plots. And then, yeah. and them old stubborn guys, they never, they never gave up on the plots. They've had them and had them till they died. Good deal. Now, is that what your dad hunted? Just continued with the plots until? Yep. Yep. My dad, uh, my dad don't hunt as much uh, anymore, but he hunted pretty hard for quite a few years. Yeah. And what's he say about you not running plots? <laughs> he wasn't as bad as I thought, but he, <laughs> I can tell he, when he comes out and looks at my kennel, he wants to look at the plots I got tied there, not the other ones, that's yeah. for sure. For everybody listening, sorry, we are at the Great American Outdoor Show once again, so uh, you're going to have some background noise. We, we tried to find a quiet spot, but uh, yeah. no matter what, there's people everywhere. So right. definitely better than the floor where you know, all the exhibitors are. <laughs> yes it's busy out there yeah so so how many hounds do you have right now i have uh, 11 11 of them okay and you said the two are plots and then the rest yep. of the mathis the mathis yep okay. and they do have a, a couple of the mathis i got have a little running dog mixed in there too as well with them okay running walker gotcha now and i ended up getting the the mathis dogs is how i ended up uh i never really finished there but he, there's a guy in Wyoming, John Long. He's a, he's another outfitter. He actually ended up with some frozen semen. Okay. So the dogs I got were actually out of some old frozen semen that this guy had. Oh, wow. Laying around. So that's awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I honestly haven't heard of anybody with a Mathis dog. I mean, just, 
I'm not saying I'm well connected, but you know, you sit around and look on Facebook or whatever. You don't see too many guys. Going, oh yeah, I've run Mathis houses. Right. Yeah, and that's why because we I just lucked out and mm-hmm. he had the the first one I had I call Mallory and uh, she's a female. She's I, without looking, I don't know. I want to say about six to seven years old, something okay. like that. And she. Um, so this has met, been a fairly recent transition, then. Yes, this has. Yep. Gotcha. Mallory was the first dog I ever owned that wasn't a plot. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, and, you must have thought pretty highly of her. Yeah, and uh, I got her, and she is a dandy. Let me tell you, she's a bear dog. She's a cat dog. She does it all. She's, she's actually she don't have a tail. If you ever looked at any of my pictures, she's the one without a tail. She, Was she born like that, or no? She got a bear got her, okay. bit her there in the back, and I've had dogs in the past, you know, that got bit there in the mm-hmm. back by the tail that broke the tail, tail, and um, it just kind of lay, it just kind of lays flat and limp. Yeah. And it, there's no muscle there to move it. Gotcha. And and then like it seemed like it was slow healing, you know, and, and like eight, nine months later, they'd start wiggling and come back, but hers never come back. So it was causing her problems. And, and then the vet ended up just having to cut it off the rest of the way. Gotcha. Yeah. Unfortunately, hunting accidents happen. Yep. Which obviously you're no stranger to, cause you also have a three-legged dog. Yep. A Gatlin gun. <laughs> how, did, yep. how did that happen? Um, got, that was a bear, uh, uh, bite in the front leg. And it was kind of a, it was a, it was a mean bear that we'd been baying all day long. And, um, I, I actually had a tag, so I was actually trying to kill it, but it ended up, uh, getting him, biting him in the front leg, which most of the bear bites, anybody that's been around it a lot are usually kind of in the back end. But however, however, this one got him in the front leg and it bit him in the front leg and broke his leg. And I knew it was broken right away when I seen him, when I got to him and it was dangling there and old Gatlin, he was still trying to bay the bear with (laughs) a busted leg, you know? And anyways, I got him put up and I realized it was pretty bad. Well, we're probably three hours from a vet. Like I'm, I'm camping. I have my camper and the whole family on this trip and we're, we do every year and I take all the dogs and we hunt and anyway, so we finally get the dogs off this mean bear and, and I'm heading to the vet, you know, and I get him to the vet and I'm, I'm pretty worried cause it's busted and I can see it's busted. But the first vet I took him to, and it was on a Saturday. So there was somebody at the front desk. She said, Oh, we can, we can fix this. Cause I was pretty worried, you know, rightfully so. she's like, we'll put some, um, plates in there or something and I'll have the surgeon call you later. He's out. Uh, I think he was out uh, putting hay up or something, you know. <laughs> I was like, fun. oh, I like this vet already because it yeah. wasn't the vet I normally go mm-hmm. to because I just had to get him to the first one. Anyways, he calls me and he says, hey, Bradley, I, uh, I don't want to touch that leg. He said, it's, he says, all I could really do is cut it off. And I was like, really? I said, your vet, your girl there at the front desk said you save it. You know, she x-rayed it and everything. He's like, I know it. He said, but it just doesn't look good. I, I don't think I want to. He's like, the chances of it taken is not very good. And I said, all right, well, I said, I'll, I'll think about it here for a second. And I was bummed, you know, I oh, was yeah. just sick to my stomach. And I said, well, I was talking to my wife there. I said, I just, I said, I wonder if he's just too busy putting hay up or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. he just doesn't want to deal with it. I said, mm-hmm. I said, I've got to have another opinion. I can't do it. And so we were going to take another vet. But anyways, we went back in and, and my vet just happened. We called there and he just happened to be on vacation. Okay. And I, re- and I've had dogs to him a lot, so I really trust him and stuff. And so we asked that vet or we asked that vet, it's like, is there any way you can get a hold of him on vacation? And they're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, 
we could try to kind of you yeah. know, act it. I was like, I know it's a lot to ask, but mm-hmm. if we could email him the x-rays and somehow he could look at it. Yeah. She's like, well, I'll see what I can do. And I bet it wasn't 10 minutes later that vet called me back on his vacation. Wow. And he was willing to take a look at the mm-hmm. x-rays for me. And anyways, he looked at him and he got back to me within an hour, probably after that. And he said, Brad, I, I wouldn't want to touch it either. He says, it's bad. Yeah. He says, you're, you're going to have to cut it off. And even then I was still in denial. And I said, let's call the university. They're usually pretty spendy and stuff. Oh yeah, and definitely. So uh, we called them and they, and we had the x-rays sent to them and they looked at it and they called us back and they said, we'll, we're willing to try it for 10 grand Whew. and we don't know for sure if it depending on the nerves like yeah you know they didn't know how much nerve damage there was if it would even take wow and that put me in a i just couldn't spend ten thousand dollars and on a maybe yep on a maybe and so i looked at my wife and as bummed as i was because i i just this dog is just a dandy plot and i uh, i just said well i guess we'll just keep him on the front porch there and let him live out his life there and he can hang out on the porch and he'll just be kind of the house dog around and stuff. And anyways, he healed up pretty fast, really. They cut it off and healed up pretty fast. And, I, and he's out there barking every breath and jumping around. And I was like, you know, I'm going to take him, you know. And I started hunting him and I'll tell you what, he's, he's still now on a hard, hard bear race, you know, and the half an hour goes through and he, you can start seeing him drop back quite a ways. But yeah. I mean, he's in it for a good half an hour and if if they stop and fight yeah he's right there banging just like he ever used to that's awesome and he still strikes he was a really good rig dog too so my boy beats him around and strikes bear, bears with him so oh, that's awesome and i know a friend of mine just uh his dog fell out of a tree and same kind of thing you know they, they actually did patch it up and then it never healed right oh, and so ended up taking it off later and but he's like he doesn't stay with the race but He'll still make it to a tree. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're tough. I had one vet tell me that I took deer hunting. He says, God just blessed them with that fourth leg. They don't really <laughs> need it. <laughs> yep. But that's crazy that your vet, I mean, that's just a testament to you. You have a really good vet that, you know, your vet's going to willing to take a look at your, your x-ray and let you know while he's on vacation. So I know it. I really appreciated that. So yep. I know, I know most guys I know would love to have a vet like that. I know I would. They're tough to find. A good vet's tough to find. Any yep. houndsman knows that. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm lucky there. So what's the rest of your pack look like? You got Mallory, you got Gatlin. I got Mallory and Gatlin and um, Tom. Those are probably in the same six-year, you know, I said six to seven. I'm thinking more like six. Of course, I have it written down at home. But they're kind of my older dogs, actually, which they're really in their prime. Yeah. But they've hunted a lot. I mean, they're on over 100 bear a year. Okay. I mean, I hunt a lot. So um, they're no strangers to it. But my up-and-coming dogs would be um, Emerald, which is my bear path plot. Um, she's, she's probably four now. Gosh, time flies, don't it? And <laughs> yes, it uh, Paige, she's about that four range. And Tika. And then uh, those, those would be probably, those are, my, those are the up-and-coming. And, I okay. mean, they've been on a lot of game already at mm-hmm. four years old. And they're, they're really, really doing good for me. They'll, they'll cat hunt, too. They're they're trailing bobcats and lions and they're okay. stri- striking bears and stuff. And, and so you run the same dogs on bobcat, bear, and lions? Yep, same dogs, yeah. 
but they're kind of my, uh, you know, they're my younger dogs. And then I have a, another, uh, I have three dogs that are under two. Okay. They're coming up. Very good. But they're all started, you know, mm-hmm. they're, Definitely. they've been on quite a bit of game already, even at that age. Mm-hmm. Now, what do these Mathis hounds tend to look like appearance wise, build wise? They're probably Mallory, the one I've been bragging up. She's, when she's in rock hard shape and I'm bear hunting her because I've had her at the vet plenty of times <laughs> getting sewed up and whatever. But she's, uh, she's probably at about 42, it seems like anywhere from 42 to 45, 40 to 45 pounds is what okay. she's running. So and, a smaller built hound then. Yep, she's a smaller dog, real leggy. They're really fast dogs too if I didn't add that. They're, okay. They can really run um, and, they can, and they're tough dogs. I mean, I hunt them day in, day out. Yeah. I mean, you can't hardly wear them down. And I, and I you mean, don't have a big pack, so I mean, you right, yeah. have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not all, I mean, Mallory, I hunt her every day because she's kind of my main, one of my main dogs. I mean, she goes almost every time. Gotcha. And I mean, I can bay a bear for six, seven hours and she's jumping ready to go the next morning. She's nice. tough. Tough dogs. They're that's, really that's tough. Some, that's hard to find. I know it a is. Lot of, a lot of guys that I hunt with in Virginia, West Virginia, it's like they hunt two or three days and then they got to lay dogs up. Yep. You know, and, and the, that's even if they can hunt two or three days. Sometimes some of their dogs, you hunt a day, you lay it up for a day. Hunt it a day, lay it up for a day. Yep. Yeah. And even some of my old uh, plots that I've been talking about, they're, they're tough. But, you know, you hunted them hard for four or five days and they needed a day off. Yeah. Know? And, of course, you know, Mallory, I say that, you know, I got to get them in shape first and then I oh, can yeah, start so. hunting them every day. But they never really seem to get too far out of shape because, yeah. you know, I'm cat hunting or bear hunting. So. Mm-hmm. So what's your season breakdown look like across the year? Like since you said you, you run a lot, so what's that look like? So I'll start hunting around, uh, so there's some units that are open around April 15th, and I'll hunt clear till the end of July. Okay. So from April. And if my wife is here, she'd vouch for me. I might miss five days of hunting in that entire wow. span. Mm-hmm. Then we have a fall season that opens September 15th and goes to October 10th, Okay. which I don't, as being an outfitter, you know, I'm mm-hmm. really tied up that time of year. It's kind of a bummer because I yeah. love to hound hunt. I'm kind of tied up doing elk hunts, yeah. but I still usually get out a week or two that time of year. Okay. And then I, I do run a few bear hunters, but I have Travis, my guide that does them that time of year. Okay. So lots okay. of bear hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll start cat hunting like December 3rd, clear till the end of March. Wow. Got a nice long cat yep. season then. Yep. So you do get to hunt a fair amount of the year then. Yep. We have a really good, you know, I, there's no excuse not to have your dogs on a lot of mm-hmm. game by the time they're two. Yeah. You know, they're, Especially when you get to do this for a living. Right. Yeah. Living the dream of, of most townsmen here. Yeah. And that's why I was logging before this. I logged for 14 years. So I worked under a high, high lead line machine and stuff. And I hunted hard. But when you got a full-time job to have a good pack of dogs, I mean, you have every second of your free time. Yeah, you're, definitely. You're hunting, and, that, and that's tough for guys. So I, my wife knew that my passion was hunting with the hounds, and I had to find a, a way to hunt more. Mm-hmm. And that's why I ended up buying an outfit in business. That's awesome. So I could hunt with my dogs more. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's definitely the dream of a lot of houndsmen, trying to figure out a way to make this a living. Yeah. Hunting dogs. Right. Now, in addition to guiding, one of the ways that I actually found you, besides being here at the Great American Outdoor Show, is I found your YouTube channel a while back. Mm-hmm. You produce a lot of videos of, of, of your hound hunts. Mm-hmm. So what got you into that? 
you know, I don't know where I was just kind of sitting around and I never had where I live is it's not off the grid, but our cell service, it was a really crappy cell service and we had internet, but I mean, it's slow. Well, I never really watched all these YouTube channels. You know, I never had good enough yeah. internet. Well, we got this Starlink internet. I don't know if you okay. heard about it a mm-hmm. year or so ago. And I could start watching these YouTube channels. So that's when I really yeah. started seeing, oh, these guys are cool. Yep. And um, I actually took uh, Dirk Durham, and I don't know if some of you guys might know, but Dirk Durham and Jason Phelps are Phelps game calls. Okay. I took them hunting. Well, they were always filming their hunts. So that mm-hmm. kind of got me, well, shoot, why don't we do that? You yeah. know? And I got a few buddies, and we started. We bought some of the camera, not real expensive stuff, but some yeah. of the cameras that we needed, and mm-hmm. and we started filming. We're learning on the fly, so I'm trying to <laughs> learn. And I'm not a computer guy, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. But we kind of learned on the fly, and we're trying to edit it, and we're kind of having fun with it. I didn't video any cat hunts this winter yet. Okay. I do have some on that channel, mm-hmm. but because when I have hunters, clients. Yeah. And I don't want to be messing around with the cameras a lot. Oh, yeah. No, so, I, but when I get home, I'll probably film me at least catching. Mm-hmm. I might not kill them, but yeah. at least catching some lions and stuff. But we're having fun with it. It's, you know, outdoor to the core. And um, it's a, with a couple great buddies. One of them's my guide. And one of them's okay. a lifelong buddy that I went to high school with and stuff. And, awesome. And we're just good old boys that like to hunt. And yeah. If we can share our experience. I know for me personally, like, I've tried to film hunts, and if I've got a dog anywhere near it, it's like I can't. It's just I just don't do a good job of it. Yeah, that's why I just started taking pictures. I'm like I can carry a camera and take pictures. Right. <laughs> the filming thing I've been struggling with. I've been trying, to, but yeah. So yeah, I commend you on that because like thank you. You know, you there's some good videos. Yeah, and that's how I saw you know that your Gatlin dog has three legs. Yeah, I think some like yeah. He actually Gatlin actually. Uh, um, caught a bobcat by himself on like literally with no other dogs mm-hmm. on, with three legs that was that impressed me you know yeah, and definitely. i catch a lot of bobcats mm-hmm. yeah i know the filming it's it's it is kind of a it really is a, my hat's like i didn't think it was that big a deal until i started doing it. my hat's off to some of these guys that are yeah. are filming mm-hmm. because you know definitely. i'm i'm usually you know i'm the guy with the dog so i'm i'm thinking about you know, not forgetting the tracking collars and, yeah, exactly. and all the stuff, the handheld radios and all the gear that goes with the hound hunting, as you know, I'm all trying to remember that. And then you add a bunch of camera gear on top of that. And then, yep. holy cow, I got stuff strung everywhere. <laughs> it's, it is tough. Exactly. To self film, especially. Mm-hmm, definitely. Now I'm sure as a, a, being a guide and doing this for, you know, just the fact that you've hunted all your life, you've got some good stories. So I need some good stories. Well, um, I could tell you a good story that I just had real recent because okay. it's fresh on my mind. So uh, the first two lion hunters that I had this winter went real smooth. You know, we, I think like day three, we had him, a lion, a nice tom lion caught and caught. But my last hunter I just had didn't go quite as smooth. So uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, we, that's, yeah. those are the memorable ones, though. Right. And, and like I said, it's fresh on my mind because there is a lot of hunting stories. But this one was a first for me. I we treat, or I found this on the first day of his hunt. I found a lion track right off the bat, uh, and I measured it, and so I knew it was a tom that we uh, wanted to try to catch. It was, a, you know, it measured. I measure their stride and stuff, and this one was measuring 32 in, or 42 inches, excuse me. And so that's a nice tom. Out of you know? curiosity, because I've never lined it. So what makes what stride do you look for? So what I'm looking for is a guide. I don't shoot females. I mm-hmm. uh, we legally can, but. Yeah. I'm a houndsman, so yeah. I don't want to kill everything, you know, I'm, and I don't take a lot of hunters. 
uh, on the lion hunts. I take four, six now because I just bought a new area that I'm going to be running some cow okay. hunters. So I'm bumping it up to six guys a year. But I grew up, the boys I grew up hunting with, they don't shoot female yeah. lions. We just don't. That's how I was raised and stuff. And so I I've, I've never shot a female and, I, and I've stuck to my guns on that. And I think it's made me really, in 10 years, I've sent four guys home empty-handed. That's not uh, bad at all. Yeah, so the odds are pretty good, and that's because I'm not working over the females. And there is some mm-hmm. local hound hunters around that, that are really good about, they hunt, and they'll kill a nice tom, but they're not yeah. killing the females. And it really, um, you start shooting the females, it won't take long to, I've seen our population go downhill fast, you know, mm-hmm. before. Sure. Anyways, back to the stride. I, a female, you measure three tracks, and you okay. might have to do this three or four times, you know, try to get it like walking down the road or something kind of yeah flat nice and clear yeah and you'll measure three tracks and you'll measure from the front foot to and then go three tracks and measure to the front foot or the back to the back okay what, however you want to do it and a female will hardly ever measure over 36 inches okay so you're pretty you're pretty much and i can look at their toes i've done that long enough that mm-hmm. i can usually tell anyways but i'll always throw a tape on it and a female's never going to measure over that 36 i did measure one over 37 which was rare but mm-hmm. So if you're in that 36, 37 mark, you're, uh, it's 90% sure it's going to be a female, you know? Okay. And then a Tom, you know, you start hitting that 38-inch um, to 42 to 43 inches, and you you're know you're, okay. you're a Tom. So gotcha. I like to look for that 40-inch to mm-hmm. 40, 40, 40 to 43-inch okay. stride, you know, and I know it's a good cat, yeah. you know, a good mature cat. So anyways, I, I'd found this track right off the bat and I knew we had some weather coming. So we, uh, kind of lucked out, but it was three days old, you know, and it <laughs> real bad conditions. And I, and I got dogs that would trail the right track yeah. a couple days old if, mm-hmm. if we had good conditions, but it was, I seen the track in like four different places, you know, and then there wasn't no snow and stuff, but we had a lot of snow coming anyways, we just get dumped on, but I kind of know where this cat is and so I, I circle it every day for like four days and finally it comes out of there, but it snowed a bunch, you know, snow's yeah. waist high now. Jeez. But anyways, I get my hunt, I get a snowmobile in there and I'll kind of speed the story up, but I, we get it caught anyways, you know, I get, get the dogs on it and get it treed and I know it's treed. So I get my hunter in there and it's, it's only like 500, 600 yards, but it's steep. It's uphill yeah. and stuff, and you guys know any houndsman knows that 500 yards on a GPS seems a little further than you'd think, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, especially when you're going uphill. But yeah. anyways, and a super nice hunter that I had, and he, I get him up there, and he's sweating and and stuff, and and he's gonna shoot it with the rifle. Um, and anyways, I'm I've I've done this long enough that I've tracked a lot of wounded cats, and I don't like to do that. So I'm oh, yeah. telling them, you know, Definitely. let's calm down. It's not going anywhere. If it does jump, we'll treat again. Don't worry. Yeah. You know, and trying to calm him down like I do, and got to get all my dogs tied back and stuff. And anyways, I get all the dogs tied back, and we can see the cat really good. It's not that far up, but there's nowhere to like lean up against a tree and shoot it. You know. Okay. And I'm like, well, do you think you can shoot it offhand? Which I don't hardly ever do. But yeah. he's like, I think I can. I think I can shoot it offhand. And I'm like, well, only if you're comfortable with it. If not, I'm going to beat on the tree and try to get it to move around. And, and, you know, either it'll jump or it'll move around or something and get a better shot. Well, no, I can shoot it. Well, anyways, he, he shoots and it hits the ground and runs off. You know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Of course. Yeah, I'm like, I'm hoping it's just going to be laying down here like 40, 50 yards, you know, and it's just a cloud of 
snow, you know, that yep. flying out of the trees. So anyways, I'm like, well, I'll track it down there. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to just turn the dogs loose on a wounded cat. Yeah. I mean, I'm not doing it, you know? I so I said, well, I'll track it on foot. So I, I go down there with the, I got a pistol or something and, and I just kind of tracking it, hoping I'm going to find it. And I track it three, 400 yards. And I'm like, this ain't good. You know, it's yep. not shot through the lungs anyways. Yep. We wanted to hit it. Well, I'm going down through there and I, I see the track kind of disappear into this hole down there about 50 yards. And I walk down there and I get down there and I realize it's an old grade, like an old road. Okay. You know, it's got 20 foot tall trees in it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of poke my head in there and I hear it hissing and growling and making all kinds of crazy noises. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, and I kind of get back, you know. Well, then I realize it's a culvert, you know, out in the middle of nowhere on one of these <laughs> old logging roads that are growed up. And so, and like I said, there's four or five feet of snow, so that doesn't help. And anyways, I kind of listen into it, and I can hear it breathing. I think it, it's going to die in there, you know. So I, yep. And, of course, I'm sweaty from walking through the snow and stuff, and I'm sitting there, and I um, – we actually had cell service, which is rare there. So I could send my hunter texts yeah. and let him know what was going on. I was like, I got him down here. You know, I think he's going to die. But anyways, about a half an hour goes back. Well, I was sweaty and it's, you know, it's 18, 19 degrees. You know, I'm, I'm starting to get cold, oh, you yeah. know? And anyway, so I tell my hunter, I said, I think you're going to have to, you know, come down here and we're going to have to try to shoot this thing again. It's not dying, you know? And, okay I, uh, can you make it down there and he he didn't feel comfortable walking down there so i walked back up and got him and okay come back down there and brought the hunter down there and and bad deal because i'd kind of dug down to you couldn't really get level to look into the culvert and it, and it was kind of a bad deal because i'd kind of dug down to you couldn't really get level to look into the culvert you kind of mm -hmm. had to like be at an angle and like you, your body wanted to kind of slide down in the hole. So it was kind yeah. of eerie <laughs> feeling with that thing, making some crazy noises and growling at us and stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyways, to make a long story short, <laughs> after I calmed him down, because he didn't like that at all no. getting down there. And I kind of dug the snow back and got it a little better. And anyways, we ended up getting another bullet in it mm -hmm. and it died. Well, the problem was it died in the middle of the culvert. Oh. And you'd be surprised how big of an animal can fit in such a small culvert. Yeah. You know? Well, one side of the culvert's kind of pinched off or, you know, squished. So you can't come in from that side and, and the other side. So I said, well, we're going to tie, tie some leashes to me, and I'm just going to have to try to go in there and, and yeah. get this cat. So I had, like, my pack there. I had, like, three or four dog leashes, and, <laughs> and we tied it to my boot, and I— crawled in there hands first you know like, there's no put there's not room to put your hands on your side or nothing I just yeah. went in like I was diving into yep. a lake or something you know Jeez. and I and I wiggled my way in there and, it, and there's ice you know kind of built down so it's real slick and and anyways I get all the way to the cat mm -hmm. and I and I'm yelling at this guy um to you know okay I got the cat's tail pull on me you know because I'm just like <laughs> I can just wiggle a little bit at a time you know yeah. and and I hear him just a grunting and pulling as hard as he can, and I'm not moving. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, just hold the leashes tight, and then I'll pull the cat towards me a little bit, and then I'll wiggle. Yep. Well, every time I pulled on the cat, he couldn't hold me. I just, it just pulled the, he wasn't tough enough to hold the dog leashes. And I, yeah. Well, then I start kind of freaking out because I can't get. You're stuck. I'm stuck, you know, and I, I'm claustrophobic and everything. <laughs> so I start freaking out, and I decide, well, I'm just leaving this. I'm just going to leave this cougar and get myself out of here at this oh, point. Yeah, it's like 15 minutes. Well, I'm going backwards. 
slowly and I'm trying to get him to hold and help and it's not going very well for me. Well, then pretty soon, next thing I know, I have my coats like around my head. Yep, riding up. Yeah, and my bare belly is on the <laughs> ice and on that cold uh, culvert, you know, and yep. I'm, I'm like, I'm starting to get cold, so oh, yeah. I'm getting nervous, you know. I, don't, I was like, this will be a horrible way to die stuck in a culvert <laughs> out here, yeah. and we're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no way my hunter's getting help for me, you yep. know. But uh, anyways... It took about 15 minutes, but I wiggled my way back out of this culvert, you know. I just left the lion in there, and my hunter's like, we're just going to have to go, you know, get help and, and, and just come back tomorrow. And I was like, that thing will be frozen and stiff, and we'll never get it out of there. Yeah. You know? So, anyways, I, I kind of come up with another plan. I had him wrap the leashes around the tree there, you know, so he could kind of wrap it and, and hold it from sucking back into the culvert. And yep. Um, I got enough courage and went back in there <laughs> and, uh, and that helped, you know, he could wrap it around that tree and I could pull the cougar, an, uh, four or five inches towards me and then kind of wiggle. Jeez. And anyways, I thought I was going to be home early that day. It was late when I got home, but we got the cat. I imagine so. <laughs> so that was, uh, that's inc- that that's was my insane. most recent yeah. fun story there. Yeah. I don't envy you on that one. <laughs> I'm sure something like that's not something that you see every day, though. No, I've, I've caught a lot of, uh, ran a lot of uh, bears into culverts, and I've ran a lot of bobcat into culverts. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But that was the first time I ever remember having a lion in a culvert. Okay. Yeah. Now, out of the three, which is your favorite to run? I'm a bear hunter. Okay. I, I would say bear hunting, uh, that's what my grandpa and dad did a lot, and I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's springtime, the weather's getting nice. and Yeah. You can hunt more dogs, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I really like to bear hunt. And then it'd probably be bobcat okay. after that. In my opinion, it takes a better dog to catch a bobcat. I mean, if you catch a bobcat, you, cougar are easy, you know. That's what I've heard from numerous guys. Yeah. And I'm there, obviously, because I'm a houndsman, so I like to see good dog work. And, yep. and so I really like to hunt the bobcats. Nice. Well, I really do appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me. Yeah. Why don't you uh, tell people where to find you? So uh, we have a, a Facebook page and a uh, Instagram page, Idaho Whitetail Guides. Mm-hmm. It's Idaho Whitetail Guides. That's what it originated at. And then I bought it. And since then, I've added uh, bear and lion hunts with hounds. I have, my bear hunts are baits and hounds. Okay. I, I definitely recommend the hounds, though. That's what you got to <laughs> <Exactly>. do. <laughs> and then uh, we do uh, archery elk and rifle elk hunts. Nice. Um, we do mule deer hunts, um, whitetail hunts bit of everything bobcat hunts um a little bit of everything yeah and we have really nice cabins that i built on my property that you, you can stay in or that we put the hunters up in yeah. and so you're real comfortable and and we take good care of you it's incredible we love our job so. definitely hope to get out to your your, your neck of the woods in the next couple of years because yeah i've never been further than i don't know michigan <laughs> so. yeah you'll have to come on out and I definitely bring, plan on it you know put in for a hound permit yeah. And bring some hounds and come out and hunt hunt a few days with me. That's the worst part about Idaho. You guys. I know. <laughs> the, the out of state. I mean, I guess for you guys, it's it's not a bad thing. You guys are limiting all, all of us out-of-staters coming in. but Yeah. But from an out-of-state perspective. Right. Because you probably would be flooded. Yep. <laughs> I know. It, and it that, sounds like Idaho, from what I hear, is a hound's par- houndsman's paradise. It is. I mean, I, I'm lucky that I grew up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, my backyard, I, I, I grew up on 80 acres. And... um my backyard, I couldn't, 
no amount of money or anything could have made me happier. I mean, I had thousands of acres where my backyard, elk bugling, That's logging roads to hunt your dogs. I mean, it was, it was a lucky, lucky kid yeah, to grow definitely. up there. Now I'm watching my boys grow up there, and he's That's catching awesome. beaver and trapping beaver, and he's into the hounds, and it's cool. fun to kind of Yeah. How old's your son? He, he's 12. Okay. 12. There you go. He's taken a, he loves to hound hunt, don't get me wrong. He, he, he's definitely hooked. But man, is he a little trapper? He's <laughs> trapping awesome. coyotes and beavers and stuff. I don't let him trap the bobcat. He's not allowed to trap the bobcat. <laughs> Can't blame you on that one. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>